Welcome to Food and Loathing. Calorie for calorie, the most podcast we can fit into <laughs> 60 or so minutes. And Dan, we have one hell of a show planned for you today. Yes, yes, yes. So much show, I barely have time to tell you about it because we need to jump right into it. So let's get to the basics. I'm your host, Al Mancini, off the strip.com food writer, Samantha Gemini Stevens, is the co host of the day. Hi. The inimitable Rich Johnson is engineering as always. Move on, move on. Move yeah. on. <laughs> and we are coming to you for this episode from Spiadini Fiamma in the Rampart Casino. So We're good. doing that at the request of our guest for this entire podcast, Mitch Schneider. Now, I'm going to be speaking to Mitch in detail later in the show, and hopefully, you'll learn a lot about him my longtime friend and colleague. For now, however, I will tell you that he is a music publicist and a freelance writer whose pieces appear in Casino.org News and on his Las Vegas Discoveries blog. Welcome, Mitch. Hey, Al. It feels really good to be here, and it's always great to be in the midst of that neon mohawk. Right? <laughs> I know. I actually, I've been, I've been in a hat the past two you weeks, like since I got home from the hospital. <laughs> I hadn't had color in the hair. I hadn't, um, hadn't shaved down the side. Oh, I know what that I've was been, like. Put yeah. my Life is Beautiful hat on and just sneaking yeah. into restaurants. I, and I, I always feel like people like you who have such a great haircut should be paid by the government because you light up the universe and you Aww. free people from the mundane. Aww. So the government should actually be subsidizing all your haircuts in life. Well, if you're <laughs> running like for this. office, I'm voting for right? you, my friend. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, and before we get to all the places we've dined over the past week or so, I want to chat a bit about the fact that we are here at Spiadini Fiamma. Um, the reason that we're here is because I've been trying it's to delicious. get Mitch. Well, no, it is delicious. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> We've reported on it before. I've interviewed Chef Paula before. We like this restaurant. It's in the Rampart Casino. Relatively new. Um, We we did a lot on it when it first opened. But I've been trying to get Mitch on this podcast for a few months now. I've been bugging you. Um, And we're going to talk about his journey to coming out to Las Vegas in the center of the show. But when I said, Mitch... Where should we do it? Let's do it someplace where you're comfortable, someplace close to your, your home, hopefully, someplace that you like to go. And you can't, I figured you'd come back with five or six suggestions, but no, you came back with one. It was Spiadini Fiamma. What, what was it about this place that made you want to um, do the podcast here? Well, I think that, you know, the original attraction is that my wife and I, we go out to three we go out to eat three to four nights a week. And so we were walking around here and I saw it being built and I was just really taken by the design, the, the use of the color, the blue. It's just oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. light. And I look at restaurants kind of like as clubs and it just seems like a place that I'd feel really yeah. home. And then it opened and it, we came and, you know, I did some reading up on it. It, you know, talked about uh, Chef Paula's, you know, Italian comfort food we came here and it was really fantastic, like straight up. It was like meatballs with ricotta. It was the uh, another appetizer, the shrimp scampi uh, and uh, the bruschetta. And like right away, there was a lighter touch to the food, which attracted mm-hmm. me. I mean, I dig heavy, old school, mar- you know, but marinara sauce. three or four nights a week, that's going <laughs> to... Right. So, so when you want to roll in a more like light, <laughs> elegant way... And we also had uh, the veal, that not, that first night the veal marsala. Oh. Um, we had uh, and just was served with linguine, and it wasn't like it, everything was just lighter. Instantly attracted us, and then there was something on the menu, and then we came back a second time. It was the uh, prosciutto and fig pizza mm, with yeah. arugula and a very uh, and a cream sauce, which was light. 
and I just floated out of here. So when you suggested like where to come, it was immediate. It had to be this place. Plus, I, I live three miles away. Oh, right. Gotta love that. And we yeah. have joining us for um, the start of the show, Chef Paula. How are Good you, afternoon. Chef? Excellent. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, I was in here probably your first week that you were open, and yes. um, that's back before my ordeal. So it's good to be back in. How's everything been going? Everything's been going. Uh, just building the team and, you know, getting our a few private dining room events going on and went through the holidays and starting to work on how can we, you know, get better every day and uh, progress. And so. So how, how long have you been open now? Uh, since October, so about six months. Six months. Okay, so any major changes? Have you shifted anything? I mean, obviously, the opening days of a restaurant, you have to adjust to what the crowd, you, know, you see who your crowd is, what they like, how much yes. they like to spend, how much time they like to spend here, what they like to drink, etc. Have you made any major changes, or has it been a more slow evolution? You know, what's what's the learning curve been like? Um, it's been a slow evolution, just getting the team stabilized and um, moving forward, trying to start making some homemade pasta and uh, getting getting that together and just having consistency and you know getting um, yeah getting awesome. finding our you know our niche you know we might like something and I'm trying to get out and talk to the tables and talk to our guests and see what they're looking for what we're missing on our menus and doing a evaluation and do some yeah so anything that you can note um, after six months that maybe you it wasn't on the menu originally, but the crowd demanded it and you had to bring it on? Um, I think, you know, we were selling a little bit more veal than I was expecting. I wasn't quite sure which way that was going. <laughs> um, they, you know, request veal parmesan, the chicken parmesan, the eggplant parmesan. So um, even with the holidays, I've noticed people, even if we're making some specials, they're reverting back to the traditional spaghetti and meatballs and fettuccine alfredos. And so just getting out there and talking to the guests and see kind of what they're looking for. So, but yeah. The comfort foods. Comfort foods. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Excellent. Are we going to get a little? Are we going to order up a little bit of food while yes. we're in here? Yep. Oh, yep. Awesome. We are. All right. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when I first uh, wrote about the restaurant and you know I, the phrase Italian comfort food, I put a little thing in parentheses like in a world gone mad. And it, it's just like you know we're, we're at the precipice constantly of you know like. Uh, nuclear war <laughs> possibilities. And I, I think that, that people just automatically pivot to something that's going to make them feel good and it's traditional. And uh, I mean, I love experimental stuff as well, but I can see the attraction to things that are tried and true and make them feel like they're eight years old again. True. You know? yeah. And it's appro approachable. So, And I mean, let's be honest, there are some things that may, um, may not be that familiar to people like that fig pizza you mm -hmm. were just talking about which is amazing right so it's not like you don't you don't take some chances on this menu sure. and I, I love the fact that you do have those chances thrown in and the chance to take a little culinary adventure in between your comforts and your familiarity yes. you know so that's there's a little bit of something for everything here and I do love that about this restaurant great Cool. Okay, well, we're going to get started on some other restaurants we've dined at recently, but thanks so much for joining Certainly. us, Chef. Yeah, really it was my pleasure. Yeah. Nice, elegant way of saying, get back there and cook for us. Absolutely. <laughs> Off I go. Ooh, I didn't say that. No, no I would never say that out loud. <laughs> out loud, he says. Yeah, well. Uh, so, Mitch, man, you know the, the way we do this show. We start about places we've been dining recently. You have a restaurant or two that you've been to recently that you want to tell people about? Yeah, you know, uh, when I celebrated my anniversary of moving to Las Vegas from Los Angeles, I thought, 
Okay, I'm going to pick a place that has roots um, in Los Angeles. So we went to uh, Roy Choi's restaurant, Best Friend, Best at the friend. Park MGM, which, firstly, I just loved instantly because when you walk right up to it, the facade is like an old, tacky L.A. strip mall with the yellow sign. And yeah, it's it's kind of like a bodega yeah. vibe. I mean, I don't know if L.A. has bodegas. It reminds me of a New York bodega, yeah. you know. And, um, yeah, and then you got to sort of go through as if you're walking into the walk-in beer cooler to get into the back. Yes, and that just kind of adds something. And they, plus, they sell merch or whatever. And then we went for the chef tasting menu, and it was it was great. It was you know the, the his famous Kogi tacos. Uh, there, it started off with like these buttered Hawaiian rolls. Uh, they had this fantastic garlic chicken that was truly like butter, all the way down to the dessert, which was this interesting date cake and. It's just a beautiful space, too, with a lot of Los Angeles uh, photos on the wall, kind of more of like hip-hop skate culture. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, what a great night out. So it kind of had that combination of like, okay, we're eating at a great restaurant, has roots in Los Angeles, uh, which made me happy. And it felt like a nightclub, the way the design inside. So that was instantly attractive to me. And, you know, like people talk, you, you lived in Los Angeles, right? But probably for you to get from where, I don't know where you lived in L.A. to one of Roy Choi's restaurant was probably like four hours on a freeway, right? So it's a lot yeah. easier to get to his place here in Vegas, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, like one of the attractions here, like back in Los Angeles, uh, my wife and I lived in Encino. And it would be like five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. You would check your my nab because I was like thinking oh a new restaurant opened in downtown LA the, it was an hour and 15 minutes to get there and then, <laughs> then it, as the drive would progress they would add time longer right <laughs> and then so basically you start saying I'm not going on my day off and then you would just pivot to something locally which was nice but ultimately boring mm -hmm. and uh, being here in Las Vegas I just I it feels like it feels like the Wild West. I'm moving around. Yeah, there are certain hours of the days where there's traffic, but the way it's laid out here, there's multiple routes. We're in Los Angeles, which is beautiful because it has a mountain range right through the middle of the city, i.e. Mulholland Drive, but it creates all the traffic snarls. Here I feel I feel wild and free. Don't you get mad when you hear Vegas people talking about traffic? Oh my god, right. Like, oh my god, I was oh, stuck yeah. on the I was stuck on the 15 for 15 minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> like it was a standstill. Right. I'm yeah. from the Bay Area. I have yeah. lived in Los Angeles and yeah, people here talk about traffic, including me after 17 years. I'm going, "Oh, shut the hell up already." Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Any other restaurants recently? You want to hit one more for us? Yeah. Um, Letitia's, uh, Cochina oh, and Cantina. So you just at, wrote about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the, uh, at the Santa Fe Station Hotel. And that's about like six miles from our house. And we just take side streets from like Rampart to Durango to right. Lone Mountain. And bam, you're in. And another great thing about it there, like here, there's complimentary valet parking. So that instantly attracts me after years mm -hmm. of being hustled in Los Angeles. So like yeah. right away, I walk in with like a bright face and mood. And I just loved it there. I, I ordered, uh, it was $32. It was the sea bass with this great habanero uh, mango salsa with like tossed greens on the plate. And they had this fantastic white casserole rice with cheese as the side. It was just out of this world. Mm -hmm. And I already love Letty's in- On um, Main Street? Yes. Yes. Down there, Aww. which was great. 
And I just wanted to add here, it's like, I read all of your stuff and we, my wife and I decided to move to Las Vegas. So I brushed up and I would read all of your pieces <laughs> in the Review Journal at the time. And I, and then I went online and it was like I, a New York Times story came up about the arts district. So I'm thinking, great, food scene, art scene, not to mention, you know, the strip. And I started to read about something called Area 15 that was, uh, that plans were being made for it and it was going to open. And I just thought, I got to be here and we're here. And so it's, you know, like a triple honor knowing my past with you and you were a music uh, correspondent for ABC News and more. Yeah, well, we're, we're here. We're going to dig deep into yeah. into your history and how you came here and what you're thinking about Las Vegas. Probably in about 10 minutes, actually. But yeah. first, yeah. a few more talks about restaurants. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been sitting across the table it from you, been. Gemini. It's so good to see you. Yeah. Where have <laughs> you been eating, baby? Oh, my gosh. So I got over to Nene. Uh, last week, the Japanese bistro that you guys are always talking about, and I'm always going gasping over, and loved it. Absolutely hey. loved it. Um, went to Vesta Coffee. So they have one downtown. They have one off Sahara, not far from where we all live. Because no, we I all. Think Jared's mad at me right now for something that shouldn't be. Mad <laughs> but anyway, how was uh, it? It was great. I met a girlfriend over there, and we just got a couple of pieces of toast and some. I got this great like chai, turmeric, something coffee that I'm just in love with now. Um, but I just, I hadn't been to the Sahara location. I'd only been downtown. Mm -hmm. And I loved how open it was. I loved how friendly everybody was. If you needed to get something on your own, it was easy to find. If you needed help, it was easy to get. Um, food was super fresh. Um, I admit I've had it delivered when I've been sick because there's something about their avocado toast compared to anybody else in town. <laughs> Especially when they do the salmon and the charred ash or whatever it is on it. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm in. Um, and uh, we had, biggest thing for me is uh, now the dry January is over. <laughs> We've been going out some more, and so as you know, our friend Diana had a birthday you recently. Didn't stop drinking for January. Not totally, <laughs> not totally, but I didn't, uh, you know, didn't do my normal. Damn January, damn moist to January. We toasted to dry January. Um, so I was able to go into like Garage East recently, and Main Street, and Esther's and silver stamp and just just reminders of people of what's out there it doesn't have to be this big glitzy vegas bar it can be off the beaten path the service is fantastic the prices are really great they've got options for everywhere i'm not a huge beer drinker like i used to be um i'm still in in uh involved with beer groups and things like that because i enjoy it i enjoy fermentation uh, but i love that if you go to silver stamp they have natural wines they have all these different options um, and there's some new cocktails on the menu both at esther's and at main street which i got to hit in one night so so, yeah, it has, it's not a big list because I also was out of town for the weekend, but yeah. it was a good list. So go. Sounds like we Whoa. have similar weeks, but we'll get to me in a moment. <laughs> Let's see what um, Rich, how about you, man? So, okay, Rich, basically, you uh, you have been traveling collecting lottery tickets based on what I'm seeing on your Facebook page. And I don't know why you've made so many stops to get lottery tickets, but it's certainly a journey many Las Vegas yeah. gamblers um, take whenever the jackpots get high. I have a friend who calls yeah. it lunch money. Whenever it starts getting high, she says, just yeah. send me lunch money and yeah. we're yeah. all in. I've, I've, I've done my share of blasting <laughs> down to Prim or the uh, the Shell Station about 20 miles into California. Yeah. I used to go to and, Nipton, yeah. which was not very long lines, but it's now owned by Spiegel World. Um, oh, they close the is, store. They lose their I don't know if the uh, lottery license. There or not. I haven't I checked. Yeah. But um, they never had good food there. So while you were on a lottery quest, yeah. did you actually get any good food along I the way? I did indeed. Started in the morning on the way from uh, Summerlin to um, Laughlin uh, via Henderson and Bodega Bagel. Yes. First time since uh, the second day. I think they were open when it was a little crazy yep. and all that. 
It feels like uh, Sony has dialed down the density of the bagel from those first okay. days. I think of, of a lot of Westerners are not used to that super, super dense thing. It's still got some chewiness, and it's there, and I've got, I bought a dozen. I had a wonderful... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, I can't find the word. Locks. Actually, <laughs> homemade gravel locks is what yes. she does there. I ordered from her during the <clears throat> pandemic lockdowns. Yeah. I would order that and some other stuff from yeah. her on a regular basis. My one issue is she's very generous with the toppings, and I would humbly suggest she could save a little money and save a little waste by putting fewer capers on the thing. It was like mm -hmm. covered in capers, and you only need half a dozen capers because they're so strong and salty that it would, it, uh, had I not blown them all off they would have uh, overwhelmed the well, rest next time of, tell of me you're sandwich. going i'll go with you and i'll take your caper okay i will yeah, happily yeah. eat all the capers on the other hand there's the little thin slices of red onion that were in a little pile that was much better than like a full slice yeah. of onion so i had that as part of the whole not trying to hog the stage with the capers then i drove south to laughlin down the west side of the colorado river i'd never taken that I don't drive. think I have either. Stopped at the Avi Casino, which is a tribal joint just over the line in California. Lost about 40 bucks there <laughs> on video poker. And I think I had five for signing up first time. Oh, right. Sign up. I thought, oh, I'm going to do this some more. Uh, then on to Needles and California Lotto tickets at a gas station selling gas for $6.20. Ten minutes later, I'm across the river into Arizona. I bought some Arizona tickets and paid three forty. Yeah, uh, but, but I don't understand. You're betting like, Powerball and Mega and all this shit that's multi-state, right? Well, why well are no, you because each has their state? own as well. I bought the Powerball and the Mega in California, and I bought the California lottery and the California Pick Five. I didn't know there was this many lotteries to get involved. You, and then you go up for like a whole year when you <laughs> no, you, 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 you go for you ten pulls. Ten polls. You can only go ten, ten draws in advance. That's it. Ten in advance. Oh, and wow. when three a week, that's not long. Arizona has its own state lottery, and it has a smaller pick five. So I got those at the Arizona spot. So yeah, I so, saw yeah. that advertised Rich? a lot in Kingman, but not so much in. You um, have yeah. seen those <laughs> ads that say if you have a gambling <laughs> problem, I you may want to call this number. Right? I spent. <laughs> can't find enough places uh, to gamble in Vegas. I spent a hundred dollars once a mo every month and a half. And how much on gas? <laughs> Yeah, I filled up with gas. It was fun. It was a Especially nice a day. a gallon I had whatever a, it was. I had a nice drive. I also dropped another 40 at the Spirit Mount Casino, small friendly joint. Uh, the great thing there, 250 at the ATM, not 950 oh like my Resorts World and all that. Nice. Uh, one Arizona law, it didn't matter because it was early in the day for me, no comp drinks in the casinos oh, in Arizona. Really? You, Arizona. Yeah. So they won't give you a drink to gamble. I yeah. do know they will allow you to take your booze to go. Because okay. I was just in Kingman and Flagstaff, and yeah. if I didn't, if we didn't finish a bottle of water with dinner, or a bottle of wine rather, yeah. or if we wanted to take a cocktail somewhere, they would package it up and we could walk out, yeah. kind of like Vegas. Then driving up the east side of the Colorado, Bullhead City, time for lunch. I was feeling Mexican. Did you do all reason. this in one day? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's about a five, six hour day. Okay. I found a place called Katrina's Mexican Kitchen. You take a, a left off the main drag heading north and go down about two miles. I had a chimichunga the size of about half my head, <laughs> filled with chicken, onions, green peppers, served with a fantastic beans and rice side, topped with nice drizzles of guacamole and sour cream. That was cool. It's always nice to be the only English speaker in the place, you know you're in the right place. <laughs> uh, one last stop, Riverside Casino in Lofton. I got well on the top dollar machine. I put 100 in and came out with about uh, 80 
uh, another 110 or so. So I made up for the uh, the other losses. Okay. Uh, Friday we did a, an opening hour. Adis has a new uh, brunch on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I've been wanting to get in there. Yeah. How is that? Because you, everybody knows Adis is one of my all-time yeah. favorite restaurants oh, yeah. in Las Vegas. Uh, I had the nice little omelet that had some uh, mushrooms and a little bit of cheese in it. It was fantastic. Uh, Kat the Wine Goddess gave me this wonderful light red to go with it. Uh, I went to Randy's Donuts on Charleston. Yay. <clears throat> now open finally. And they gave me a plain cake donut. Oh. Well, they sold them to me. <laughs> and they were wonderful. They were great. You were complaining they didn't have the plain cake ones at, at the Resorts World. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. But they had them and at the... Look at this. Center. Food's starting to arrive. I know. Look yeah. Yeah. I didn't get on I didn't interrupt you there. Uh, they also, I got a maple bar, being the maple bar purist that I am. And it was probably one of the best maple bars I've had in the Las Vegas Valley ever. Oh, my gosh. So I was very rich. Awesome. Uh, and one last thing. At home, we did a thing. I, I found this recipe in the Washington Post. French onion pasta. Okay. Like you're doing French onion soup. You cook down the onions so they're nice and brown and sweet and all that. I added a little thyme, a little salt and pepper, finished with some red wine, added chicken stock, a little butter, added the chicken stock, got it to a boil, put in the pasta there, and then it cooks down so you have a thick Interesting. sauce. I used it as a side. Finished it with a bit of Gruyere. Okay. It's not a mac and cheese, though, so just a little bit in there. And uh, i got some adjustments I want to make, but I will try that again. All right. Sounds cool. Inspirational. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've taken way too uh, much time. I have great. to eat now. Oh, my gosh. Arriving. We've got <laughs> beautiful plate settings and some food. There. I like yeah. a little shrimp beautiful. with my garlic here. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, I can smell it. Camping. It smells fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. All right, Al, what do you do? We need forks. Um, Yeah, okay, you guys start eating, but save me some food while I talk about what I get. (laughs) Maybe. Um, You know, I finally got into the swing of dining in restaurants this past week, um, so I'm I'm so happy to be just out and about. I began with a visit to the Red Rock Resort on the weekend. Yes. I've been curious to see if um, Naxos Taverna and Kalista Oyster Bar were open. They weren't when I went in. They are now, and we'll have more of that in the news section of this show. Holy cow. But, oh, my God, what just... (laughs) What is that? Baked rigatoni. Baked rigatoni. Oh, my God. I was worried about what to do oh, for dinner man. tonight. I think I oh. don't have yeah, to like, Oh, I don't have to do snacks it. were coming <laughs> out, but now the big ones. Snacks, like, yeah. Right? Because oh, yeah, now the well. massive plates are coming out. The baked rigatoni. And what is that one? Uh, the veggie risotto. Veggie, oh, veggie risotto. Oh, my God. All right. Yum. Okay, you guys take the pictures because I'm just going to start. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I went over to Red Rock. I was trying to visit the new place. They weren't open at the time, but I dropped by into Blue Ribbon for some sushi. And honestly, man, if you forget how good Blue Ribbon is, it's always <laughs> I have. Worth it's been visit. a while. Um, you know, I did a small sashimi platter, basic cuts of fish. They were just all just perfect, beautiful, cut well, great high quality. Um, I did some crispy rice with spicy tuna. Uh, they do it there with, that, that to me has just become a comfort food over the years. Absolutely. I love that yeah. one. Uh, they do it with avocado and a little touch of eel sauce on top. It was fantastic. I never do crazy rolls, right? But for some reason, I was craving a hand roll. Yeah. I looked at their hand roll selection, and um, they have something called a Hokkaido hand roll, and that is sea urchin with some toro and a little bit of ikura, the egg, and then the shiso leaf in there for a touch of bitterness to kind of break up all that richness. Sold. It was so fucking good. Of course, the sheets of nori were amazing. Um, So, yeah, great day at um, Red Rock. And then I spent Sunday in the Arts District. We began at Soul Belly Barbecue, which is honestly, for me, just like the perfect hangout. It has live music, not when we were there, but often has live music when we're there. It's got great barbecue. It's got whiskey and cocktails, beer from Huddle Brewing. Man, if I lived closer, I'd probably be hanging here several days a week. I'd probably bring my laptop and just work at this right? place. I love it. <laughs> 
Especially one good weather days. You oh, yeah. See everything. It's so great. You can hang outside. Oh, my God. Pizzas are now oh arriving God. at the table. <laughs> oh, um, No more calls. We have a winner. I'm throwing out one <laughs> suggestion to Bruce or anybody at Soul Belly. Add a pinball machine. There are not enough fucking pinball machines in restaurants and bars in this town. True. And I like a place where I could just sort of hang. And given that I don't really drink hard or don't really drink at all say, these days. Or um, at all. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, it would be nice to, be, you know, it's like you, you could go around the corner and hit a vape pen or something. But, you know, it would be nice to have like a pinball machine to just sort of drag. So I'm, yeah. I'm making a call for more people to add fucking <laughs> pinball machines. And Soul Belly should start. And that was my completely random bullshit for today. I love it. Yeah. Uh, while we were in the Arts District, we made a stop at Garage East Wine Bar. I had water. Sue had some good wine. <laughs> um, then we went over to say hello to Kim Owens at Main Street Provisions. Yes. I was honestly still a little stuff from barbecue. Um, we ordered up some French fries. That was going to be all we had. Uh, but then Chef Patrick, of course, Sue had some cocktails. I had <laughs> virgin Moscow mule. It was very good. Um, but then Chef Patrick sent us out a couple of scallops. Oh, how were those? In a truffle sauce with Brussels sprouts oh and gosh. a light touch of horseradish. Okay. Um, I, and I'm pretty sure I tasted horseradish in there. These scallops, of course, you know Patrick. He's a great chef. They're cooked perfectly. Caramelized on the outside, translucent in the center. Exactly what you look for when you want a scallop. Um, but I was honestly surprised by how much I enjoyed like all of those earthy notes in the yeah. preparation of a seafood dish. It was really, really good. An excellent dish. Um, on Monday, I brought Sue to have some bites at the bar at Strip Steak. We always do a steak for her birthday, but my big birthday plans for her this coming weekend don't involve a steakhouse, so I wanted to make sure she got one. Um, so we got a butter poached ribeye. Oh, no, sorry, butter poached New York Strip nice. at the bar mm. at Strip Steak. Of course, we started with that trio of duck fat fries, which are complimentary. <laughs> Probably the best amuse-bouche in Las Vegas. Um, everybody in the world loves that. Uh, I had an old favorite, the instant bacon, where they bring the pork belly out oh, under glass. Yeah. They, you know, it's their smoke with it, and there's that fried oyster absorbing the smoke oh in there as well. I'm so glad there's food on this table right, right. now. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I've been eating that, that. I've been eating that instant bacon for like oh, it's mighty fine. 15 years, and um, it was so great to go back. And then I had one of my favorite new dishes there, um, which is. What was it called? The hamachi nori taco, mm. which is the kind of crispy nori on the outside. They've got hamachi in there. They've got a little bit of wasabi tobiko on top, some akora. That's a cool new dish that um, Mina Group just added to the menu there. So I love that. Finally, I dropped in on Burgundy French Bakery for I lunch yesterday. I love that place. Whoa. Did a Cuban sandwich and a lot of sweets. So they've got great fucking sweets there. The chef's an award-winning pastry oh, yeah. chef from France. So he knows what he's doing. If you don't know that place, you really should try it. Burgundy French Bakery. And, um, yeah, I would say um, check it out. It's on Neon Feast app. And I think that's about it. We've got um, Mitch Schneider's interview coming up. This is Food and Loathing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, 
as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. So while Rich and Gemini dig into this feast that's been put out in front of us, Mitch, how about you and I chat a bit about um, about you and your journey here to Vegas and actually our, our history together. I want to introduce people to you because you are writing locally. You're covering the scene. You're doing a fantastic job. And of course, for a handful of us who know you from your your real career, I guess we should say, your original career, um, you're a household name, but maybe not in Las Vegas yet. So I want people to get to know who you are. Um, for everybody out there, Mitch Schneider is probably the baddest ass music publicist who has ever lived. And I like to say that we're old friends and old colleagues. Truth of the matter is, I, I felt fortunate to be friends with the people who worked for you about several levels, you know, below you on the on the food chain. You were always kind of the Wizard of Oz behind the the curtain when I got into to um, music journalism. But anybody who was anybody, you represented some of my favorite artists of all time. I mean, I remember. You know, I, I've never told this story before, but one of the few times I've ever not had the balls to ask a question was when you invited me to um, David Bowie's 50th birthday party, which was actually at his 51st birthday um, at Madison Square Garden. And it was an amazing event. And the only question that I wanted to ask was, where the fuck is Iggy Pop? But I didn't because I was so intimidated. I had just begun as a music journalist at the time, and I was face to face with David Bowie, and I was not going to ask an asshole question. A year later, I would have asked the question, but I didn't that day. So um, anyway, thank man, you. But thank you, you for not. Yeah, yeah. You have um, you've handled just so many. I mean, I know, you know, Tom Petty throughout his career, uh, Ozzy Osbourne for probably the last 20 or 25 oh. years. Um, you know, I knew all of the people who worked for you long before I ever got to meet you. Marcy Rondon, Christine Ashton, the late Todd Brzezinski, all great friends of mine, people that I used to go out and party with when they were in Vegas and uh, when they were in New York, actually. But man, I've gotten to know you more probably over the last few years than ever when when you were really a music publicist. Um, but can I just throw out really quick? I'm, I am fangirling a little bit um, when you. That's why I didn't. My when they told me that you were coming on today, um, uh, they asked me if I had the time, and I said, "Oh, I'm in." Oh, I said, two words, I'm in. Um, I used to work for a bus company. We did tour buses for bands and things like that. So I have actually crossed your path before, and you were always so busy and. One time, I want to say, oh my God, where were we? I want to say it was in inner near Nashville, and we were doing Ozfest, and we were up on the side of the stage, and we were hanging out with the guys from Godsmack because we were doing their bus. And you, I think it was you, walked by, said something in like Ozzy's ear, and then walked off like it was that fast. And somebody goes, who's that? And they go, that's the producer. And that's all they said. And I was like, and? And they go, just leave it alone. And I was like, okay. 
Yay! Wow. <laughs> and yeah, so I've heard a lot about you before. I've worked with some of those artists, and so, yes, yeah, so I'm super excited to just sit here today. How long have you been in the industry, Mitch? Uh, well, I got it. See, I, uh, I moved to LA from the Bronx, where I was born in 1979. I was a freelance writer before I moved to LA. In New York, I wrote for Rolling Stone, Circus, Crawdaddy. Came to LA in 79. My first few clients at Salters, Roskin Freeman, were uh, Melissa Manchester, Leo Sayer, Hall and Oates, Leif Garrett. And wow. So that was like that was a trip. Um, Everybody I played is a top forty DJ in the city. Right. <laughs> when we wanted to be rock and roll, but no, we were top top forty. Leif Garrett. Season. Yeah. So it's it starts then, and then I moved to Michael Levine Public Relations, and then that company becomes Levine Schneider. And then it becomes MSO in 95, and then it became SRO to reflect Marcy Rondon's right. promotion. So MSO, the Mitch Schneider organization, and then SRO, the Schneider Rondon organization. Yeah. yeah. So, like, my whole thing, like, with publicity was I would always imagine, and I still do, um, if I were the artist, what would I want? Uh, like a great example is like Aerosmith, I worked for many years and there was one time I was with Steven Tyler at a film junket for a film, I forget that he makes an appearance in, and I was not running the PR that day, the publicist for the film was, and she comes over to us and Steven in the room and she goes, we're ready. And Steven said, no, we're not ready. <laughs> you give me a five minute warning. And it was like, he threw it down right then. And it's true. It's like, maybe the artist who's about to do a whole round of interviews needs to freshen up, uh, look at himself in the mirror. There's, with Steven Tyler, there's always a mirror around. He checks himself out. <laughs> or it's just a simple, you know, bathroom run. So little things like that. So now, I mean, I, it's funny, like in the house, like when I'm getting ready, I go to my wife, five minute warning. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I like that. <laughs> so, it's like she doesn't want to hear. We're leaving right now. Or like sometimes I would say the tour bus is leaving for real. <laughs> yeah. We've got to get out the door. This is not going to happen. So, oh, yeah. Man. And I'm trying to think of some of the other things where I always saw you. You were, um, you did PR, I believe, for Coachella from day one, right? Yes, we were the PR for Coachella for its first 12 years, and then the Cousin Festival stagecoach for the first six mm -hmm. years before they took the project in-house. And it was amazing. Year one was... Uh, was phenomenal on one level. It was not well attended because people were still afraid to send their kids to festivals because it was just a few months after Bad Woodstock. Uh, yes, I was uh, at that one. <laughs> but it was an amazing weekend. They also really never had it again in October because October is just super crazy hot in Palm Springs. So it was just, there were misters. It was everything from Gil Scott Heron to Rage Against the Machine, Perry Farrell, yeah. uh, Tool, and A Perfect Circle who opened the festival and Tool closed it. So it was nicely... <laughs> Typical Maynard, right? <laughs> it was nicely bookended. And so, yeah, that, that was a real delight of my life to... It was the, the world's greatest party. Yeah. And uh, a true honor. I went to quite a few of those when you were working it and always had a fantastic time. It was always a great event. I um, remember you in the VIP area and you always, always were there. Always hanging out in the back. You know what I said, though? And the industry has changed, and I don't cover music that much anymore, but when I started going to Coachella, um, I know this is a food podcast, but fuck it, these are fun stories, so y'all are going to listen. So um, when, I, when I started going to Coachella, it was still the time where you would set up when your interviews were, and you had them all on your list, and there were certain times, meet at the artist area, meet at the VIP area, meet at whatever, meet on the tour bus. Um, 
very few people had text messaging in those days. If you did, you weren't getting it really backstage. Right. So if you missed your interview, you missed your interview. And that was it. There was not rescheduling. It, you know, it had to be there. You probably missed about 40% of them because people just weren't where they were supposed to be. I didn't have to file until I went to a local radio station on Monday morning, and I got their satellite at about 4 a.m. So in those days of covering a concert, also at Bad Woodstock, where the only reason I, we were the first one on the air with the, with the actual riot, I was the first one to announce that, was because I had set up a bar backstage for everybody else who had broken, <laughs> down, their fucking, <laughs> broken down their equipment, but oh. my equipment was still up. But my point is, we used to party a lot more at shows, right? Because you, you didn't have to file. You could be half in the bag for the entire weekend yeah. that right. you were working. The band was half in the bag. They didn't really notice. You know, you went to your interviews and that was it. Now, in, in recent years, it's so much more work. You have to be on the air every hour. You have to be filing things. You have to be on your A game. I feel like working a festival has become a lot less fun. From your angle, has it become less fun? Yes, and uh, like we just did the Zona Festival in Phoenix this past uh, December. And while I wasn't there, um, I did talk to Kelly Walsh, our publicist, who was, and yeah, it's this whole thing now. I mean, it's like, frankly, immediacy sucks, okay? Because you want to be able to experience something and then have a critical point of view after you've marinated on the yeah, experience. reflect on it. But everything now is like, as it's happening, and I guess there's something groovy cool about that, like in the moment, blah, blah, blah. But... You know, I like analysis. I'm like old school like that. Tell me, what was it like? What was this band compared to that band? Not just on that day, but through the whole weekend. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think uh, everything's different now like that. And, uh, and yeah. there's something something to be missed about just walking through the crowd. And, yes, yeah, seriously, smoking a joint with the people Absolutely. in the mm -hmm. campground area Speaking and getting their stories <laughs> and doing that shit because you don't yes. really have to be on the air right away. Right. You could just soak in the vibe, you know. And so I, I, I don't. You know, I, I don't miss covering festivals or even concerts as much because I think it, it has changed a lot. Yeah, I think it's because when you go as a journalist now, when you go to cover a festival, it's constant work. Because, as you said, you're filing constantly, and I think you're missing a lot of things uh, because of that. You're so. behind the lens so much, you're, and, and whether it's a notebook or a lens or whatever, you know, put it all together, but you're behind that, and you're watching everything, and you're trying to record so much and get it out there before anybody else that you, you yourself are missing 90% of it. Yeah. It's true. You're, it's like you're a slave for the masses, man. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, 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 and for the people who don't get off their couch and come themselves and they're watching it on, right. watching me on they're their phone, They're expecting you to provide them the, yeah. Yeah, the oh, that's experience right. that they're missing. Yeah. So you moved to Las Vegas in the midst of the pandemic. And I remember getting sort of some texts from you or some messages like, hey, we're moving to Vegas, Al. Like, cool. We're going to. So what made you decide to come to Las Vegas? I mean, after... 30, 40 years in Los Angeles. Yeah, so like I moved to L.A. in 1979, and I mean, I love Los Angeles. I mean, the mythology of Laurel Canyon, the expansion of downtown Los Angeles was really exciting, the restaurant boom. But then it's like, you know, they never figured out a way to curb, you know, people who don't own homes. I mean, it's the unhoused population. It's always around you. And it was hard to get there. It sounds great on paper, but you try to get there. You Getting into downtown Los Angeles, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of waiting and traffic and more. So in some ways, as much as I love Los Angeles, I kind of feel that it's fully formed. 
already. Like yes. it's done. It's kind of yes. grown I mean, if, what it can grow. Yeah, of course. I mean, there'll always be a fabulous new restaurant or a club. Uh, like I was just reading in RollingStone.com about this place called Subculture, and there's a whole movement called Hyperpop, which you have to read the about. Hell? Well, look it up. <laughs> and it's every generation needs to create its own chaos. And mm-hmm. that is the representation Well, I wish that. this generation would co- create some more fucking chaos and get off their asses. <laughs> That's right. Well, subculture would be the place if you go to Los Angeles. I haven't been, but I do want to go. And uh, so uh, I think it was a combination of a th- uh, few things, too. The financial advantage of moving to Los Angeles, I mean, to moving to Vegas mm. cannot be discounted. Yeah. Um, there are obviously instantly no state income tax. Uh, the fact that the homes are cheaper here means that there's lower property tax. Um, the fact that I don't need earthquake insurance here. <laughs> there's just so many things. And I kind of feel, like I said, as much as I love California, I feel mm-hmm. that maybe I made my share of donation yeah. to it already. Well, you know, I like when you say it was fully formed because no, I'm not an L.A. guy. I've never enjoyed L.A. I'm a, I love New York City, love it with a passion. Um, and I never thought that I would live in Las Vegas full time. I thought I was going to spend a few years here, have some fun, go back to New York, maybe retire here. Um, and I came here and I remember saying, this is 2001, and I remember saying, New York is an old city, and that's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. And it is so fully formed, as you just said. Las Vegas, I used to tell my friends, is a city in its adolescence. It's still figuring out time, what it, it wants to be. Was. And I love the fact that you can come here and you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to, if you're in New York and you want to be on the board of a charity, your great grandmother has to will it to, right? you know, like whatever. <laughs> but here, you just roll up your sleeves and you work. If you want to, if you you know if somebody wants to open a restaurant and change a scene, James Trees goes into the arts district and right. bam, the arts district <laughs> is a different place. I feel like there is a way, and and from I also feel now I'm curious because you've covered a lot of artist cultures in your day. Um, I have been around a lot of thriving art scenes um, in New York and New Jersey and various places, and you can tell when something special is happening, and the chef scene that I discovered in Las Vegas going back to about 10 years ago through about now I feel is a golden age of camaraderie of people working together of exciting throwing ideas against a wall seeing what's going to work helping each other knowing that a rising tide lifts all all ships and it reminds me of great artists that I have encountered in the music world and things like that and so that really drew me to this town and made me want to cover it as a journalist yeah and the hospitality and warmth a great example in the early days of the pandemic unfortunately Vegas restaurants opened a month after the general lockdown mm. we were at Esther's kitchen sit, uh, seated outside and as Al know my wife has a modified mohawk and James Trees who we didn't know came over to the table and just started talking to us and we talked about our LA roots and he just instantly said if you ever need a reservation here here is my here's my number a few months later my daughter was coming to town tried to get a reservation at Esther is completely not possible I texted James and he Mm -hmm. hit me back right away and said I got you covered yep and I just, and it was, for me, it was so wonderful because it, it, re, it re-underlined the warmth I was experiencing from people in Las Vegas. And it just didn't have the hustle of Los That's Angeles. That's it, right there. Like where everybody you could feel like is, is working an angle. I mean, everybody, of course, is ambitious and wants to get ahead. So, uh, 
Yeah, just the hospitality is just remarkable here. We were just entertaining some friends uh, here from New York City, and they were blown away by how nice people are. And so this got to be this. You got to say it. It's important. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's inspired you to start writing about it. And you're writing pretty frequently about it. And you know that's that's a big jump. I mean, you know, you're a guy who writes press releases and is writing things all the time for your business, and yet here you are that you just feel so in love with our city and it's both I mean and you write about a lot you write about a lot of great restaurants but also did an article on light fixtures that you like here in Las Vegas and um, I'm entranced even the ones here uh, in this restaurant are they fun they're they're just great it just lightens the mood it looks modern it's a a little eccentric they kind of go with the mirroring plan they've got going on I like it yeah it's really great. So for me, what happened was uh, when the we get here on March 24th, 2020, and the pandemic obviously is full on. Obviously, our plans were made uh, before that. And uh, so my business really was truncated because a lot of my artists couldn't tour. So I found myself with some extra time and I wasn't going to as many. Uh, there was no concerts to go to right. but basically right. a year. So I started going to restaurants and then I said, OK, I'll just start writing about restaurants because I'm just innately a writer. It's how I started. And then I just kept going, started the blog. And then the folks at Casino.org said, hey, why don't you, you know, contribute some columns to us? And I just look, you know, and I here's my point. I, I just want to talk about the offbeat quality of the city. I would like during the pandemic, I would just take my car out and just start driving into every shopping plaza. Yes. It's not easy to do in the blistering heat of summer. (laughs) So now is the time of the year to do it. So I was like, I turned into New Orleans Square and like that's a whole wonderland. And that's now on the uh, that's now growing. And it's like Sister Kim's Kitchen for shrimp poor boy sandwiches uh, for their wings. It's just, and they're people, they're so hospitable there. I did a mixer there for Las Vegas uh, folks that I know, and everybody just came away loving it. Um, There's also a horror collectibles memorabilia store there called Hellbound. So I like to write about the offbeat uh, and what's, obviously the strip is towering and amazing, but there's just so many things that are in the nooks and crannies of this city, and I just like want to keep discovering it. Like even like in Commercial Center, there's that place, it looks so old school. I've got to go into it, Vicky's Cafe. Mm, it's yeah. right on Sahara. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's a place. So, I'm, so I'm have you visited looking. all the sex clubs and commercial centers? I was going to say. I mean, so you knew. we know Mitch is hanging out Alyssa in commercial center. Alyssa knew I was going to ask. Yeah, she knew it. <laughs> yeah. You've been well, to the green What's door your yet? favorite color? <laughs> no, I haven't. But as I was driving through, and I, I took note of the Entourage Men's Spa and all of these yeah. places. Oh, yeah. And for me, it was like, oh, this is great. This is like just the right amount of edge that will keep a, p- a place vital and fascinating because it's like you, you just want that because I mean like that's like the whole thing of, of living it's you, like you got to take it all in you know the first edition of my book uh, Eating Las Vegas it was me Max Jacobs and John Curtis yep. we all reviewed the restaurants we agreed on and so Lotus of Siam was of course in there going back to what we yeah. were talking about earlier um, and so Max, being the guy who knows great <laughs> ethnic cuisine, he wrote about all the ethnicity and how great it was. And John Curtis wrote about some snobby aspect of it because that was what we <laughs> leaned on him for. And I say that with, with as much love as I can muster for John Curtis. Um, no, I'm not this is not taking a slam. And no, he owns it. John writes. He owns that. He owns and that. And what did I write about? I told him where they could go for the sex clubs after they left. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but yes, that's you know that that whole area over there is fantastic. And you know, this is something great about Las Vegas is that most people I know have been to those sex clubs, mm-hmm. and most freely admit it because they didn't necessarily go there to have sex. They just went there because they live in Las Vegas, and you got to go. Yeah, you right? kind of. You I, I mean, there. for a while when I when I had sort of been established here realized I wasn't leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah, we would just take people in there just because. It was like, oh, you've never been yeah, here before. Got a green we should we gotta go down Sahara. Well, Gemini, you know, you so know where to take my wife and I now. for you here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. And, and just driving around, and then I would see all these old school Italian restaurants, and then I was doing some research about how many New York restaurants have outposts here. Then the whole Los Angeles uh, uh, explosion of restaurants here. Then I'm like calling, you know, Los Angeles East, there's New York West, and so Vegas encompasses this. So for me, I'm in heaven, having grown up in New York and then moved to Los Angeles. So those two cities are so fully represented here that it's wondrous to me. Cool. Um, okay, so before we head off and head to the news, we've been devouring. Oh my gosh! Here, so favorite dish from everybody. Let's let's talk a bit. What what do we love? Oh, here? off the top of my head, I'm going with the shrimp because that garlic was that just. Heavy. Oh. Yeah, you can never give me too much garlic. Yeah. My mom had a garlic allergy, and I never ate garlic <gasps> growing up. I didn't know what it was till I was about 18 fucking years old, and I finally had jarred tomato sauce, and I was like, "Why does this taste so good?" <laughs> <laughs> Stuff my mom makes at home, and I garlic. God, I'm sure yes, your yes, Italian yes. ancestors the were garlic spinning, crushing it. I love it. <laughs> The risotto. The risotto oh, is uh, so number one. Uh, the shrimp are a close second. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving this risotto, and I think it really underlines mm. Chef Paul's uh, touch with cooking because it's creamy, it's creamy, but it's not too creamy. No. So, And that, for me, is like an instant attraction because you just don't want to go down, that for me, that rabbit hole. Yeah, it's and it's toothsome. It's not mushy. Yeah. I love that there's a little crunch on the veg. Yes. Yeah. Pizzas are great. Ugh. Wonderful crust. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. Look at them. They're gorgeous. Um, I'm loving the prosciutto and figs And look right at the flaky. I haven't dug into the bread because oh, there's so I, many things, but look A-plus. at the flaky on the bread. Yeah. Like It almost oh looks like God. a cinnamon roll. Yeah. 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 Like, um, yeah. like a croissant. Oh, my uh, gosh. I have hog the tiramisu so <laughs> oh. I didn't even know there was tiramisu <laughs> that was you the dessert was delivered only to there Rich yeah, exactly. as it should be we just guilted him into right? sharing oh my gosh okay we had that on our first visit here and it was just stellar oh yeah. my gosh okay well as we grab a little bit of I'm dessert I'm just gonna take a bite with this clean spoon right here yeah. the news is it. next <laughs> this is Food and Loathing another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And as we stuff ourselves with the final bit, it is time for the news. And I have a little bit of a follow-up. Um, Rich, I know you were mentioning a while back that you went to Crossroads Kitchen and yeah. that the burger spot had been closed, the, the fun little oh, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, burger yeah. thing. So I was actually walking in there not that long ago to speak to some friends, and I took the elevator with one of the managers from Crossroads Kitchen, and he was telling me, and there is also a sign in the front that is telling people they're converting that space into a new cocktail lounge. Okay. So it's oh. going to be a Crossroads Kitchen, vegan-friendly cocktail lounge, and I think that's really pretty smart. It's right across from the doghouse entrance, mm-hmm. but also from the theater, right? Just, yep. So I think when people are getting out of shows or going into shows, probably more likely to um, sell them 
on some booze than yeah. you are on some vegan hamburgers. And that so. is a perfect, that's like the, the crossroads literally of perfect, the casino. Yeah. So you sit there and have a drink or two and watch humanity go by Absolutely. for a while. I love places that have a, a, a spot like that. Mm-hmm. So there's your update on that. Also, Caesars has set March 13th as the opening date for Martin Yen's MY Asian in the Horseshoe. Oh, I can't wait. You may recall, we spoke to Yen about that restaurant a few times, actually, yeah. the past year. Just to refresh your memory, uh, here's a little clip of one of those interviews. We want to build um, MY Asia into a one-of-a-kind restaurant that not only they come and enjoy good food, and a wonderful service. We want them to be entertained. We want them to have a dining experience. So, so I'm gonna have a lot of energy, a lot of fun, great food and good service. As we mentioned up front, Naxos Taverna and Callisto Oyster Bar now open in the Red Rock Resort. That is the west side of town, if you're not sure. Al spoke with Chef Mark about what they have to offer. Well, Naxos Taverna is, you know, kind of a dream project between my partner and I um, to bring uber fresh seafood to the, la- the, the, the western part of, of the city. There's nothing like this on this part of town. It's beautiful, it's bright. Again, the Jasper grills, the charcoal, the firewood that we're using, uh, all the fresh seafood that's coming in every single day. Um, so everything changes, you know, it's, it's a constant movement. You know, from the time I get here at 8 a.m. until midnight, we're constantly doing something that's buying, sourcing, um, grilling. I mean, the amount of whole fish that we're selling right now, it's, it's out, of, out of control. So it is a Greek restaurant. It is a seafood restaurant. So should people think in terms of maybe some of the other well-known Greek seafood restaurants here in town, or are you doing something that's unique here at Noxos? I think it's, it's a mix of it. I think it's, again, no one's really doing the amount of fresh seafood and, and the, the, the quantity and the different varieties of fish that are coming in, like John Dory and Turbo and uh, Royal Dorad and Barbunia. No one's really doing this on this side of town. Really, no one's really done it in... Vegas since uh, Bartolota, right. you know, in, in my opinion. Um, but it, this is a Greek restaurant with a lot of Mediterranean inspiration, right? Because that region, they feed off of each other. One, one country kind of complements the next. Someone's influence complements the next. And they all call it their own, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really, this is very soulful, simple, soulful cooking. Yeah. Um, I feel my age when I ask this question or when I make this comment, but, um, you know, somebody whose doctor is always saying, you got to get on a Greek diet, you got to get on a Mediterranean diet, right? Talking about lighter, grilled, um, yeah. you know, not heavy sauces. I mean, I, I'm assuming this is a place I could come in and, and make my doctor happy with some of the options that I have available. You're going to do quite well. <laughs> um, the amount of olive oil that we go through, uh, we, we source our own olive oil. Uh, from Greece. Uh, just came in last week on Monday. It sits on our table. We cook with it every single day. Uh, we use um, a lot more olive oil. We use a little butter, obviously, with a little bit of the pastry, but this is an olive oil-driven restaurant for sure. Um, so let's talk about the Oyster Bar. Yeah. Callisto Oyster Bar. I think it's, what, 12 seats? Uh, I think we're 12, 14 seats in, in total. Uh, all live, uh, you know, steam-generated kettles in that traditional oyster bar sense, but with our own kind of twist on it. Now, when people think oyster bars, especially in Las Vegas, I should say, oyster bars within casinos, they're kind of known for those, the pan roasts mm-hmm. and the jambalayas and things like that. But then I'm told that Kalisto is going to have a bit more of a Greek twist to it as well. So where does it fall on that? Will I be able to get a pan roast and the things that I know from other station oyster bars? And what do you have that kind of is unique and different from what I would find at those places? 
So the uh, the pan roast for sure. So we have a, the the traditional pan roast, but with our kind of sensibility of maybe a little bit lighter in style. Uh, you know, we, we still have our chowders, but we're, we've added a, a, a corn chowder to it that can be vegan if someone wants a, a vegan option, or you can add, you know, the crab or shrimp to it. Um, as well, we have kind of our own style of gumbo. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's an oyster bar that has the sensibilities of its mothership right now, which is Noxos. Um, and that is just seats at the oyster bar, right? It's not, not a full sit-down dining booths, tables kind of restaurant, right? Currently, it's, uh, it's all seats at the Oyster Bar. Uh, at some point, we might move into the main bar during uh, the lunch service. But some of the other things we offer that not every Oyster Bar does, so we have a, a lineup of uh, roasted clams over our charcoal, roasted oysters over the charcoal, roasted king crab and lobster over the charcoal. So we not only do the raw, but we do the cooked. Oh, what about the bar programs? It's all fresh cocktails. So great stuff like Cipro and uh, Uzo being uh, brought in from, from Greece. A cipro being more of kind of like the Greek version of uh, grappa. Um, everything's super fresh, uber fresh, easy to drink, um, delicious, not too, not too heavy, not too sweet. Um, our beers that are brought in from Greece, uh, as well as, as, as a curated uh, Greek wine program, but really focus on what people want. Al also spoke with Chef Mike at Bala Italian Soul about its new seasonal menu. We're doing a lot of chicories right now. We have uh, some really cool ones coming out of California, Castle Franco, uh, Rosalba, Costa Rosa. Um, so a lot of those chicories, a lot of citrus right now, Oro Blanco, Cara Cara oranges, blood oranges, a lot of different, uh, a lot of different uh, oranges and grapefruits as well. Um, and of course, squash, uh, honey nut squash, delicata, a lot of pomegranate as well. So a lot, it's really just kind of taking what's available right now or what's best in season and utilizing that in our menu. So how are you working that into specific menu items? Uh, for instance, the Brussels sprouts. It's a, it's a roasted Brussels sprout dish with pomegranate, uh, roasted delicata squash. We have a pancetta vinaigrette that we pair that with some really nice fresh arugula from the farmer's markets. Um, and then we have our beet dish, which is a beet agrodolce, and we pair that with Oro Blanco, uh, grapefruit. It's a nice red wine agrodolce that we kind of glaze the beets with. They are fire roasted, so we roast them and then finish them off. We char them in our fire or wood, uh, wood burning grill, and then some really nice basil, fresh arugula, some mint, and toasted hazelnuts. Cool. So um, is it really important for you here at Bala to keep the menu always reflecting what's fresh, what's in season? And where are you getting these ingredients? Are you going, going to California for um, this stuff or are you going a little further? We do a lot from California. That's mainly where we're getting our stuff from. Uh, we work closely with, uh, you probably know her, Carrie Clasby, yeah. um, Dragon from Fra Freshly Foraged. Uh, but yeah, it's mainly California. And um, I mean, yeah, we really just try to stay true to what the season is and use what's available. I mean, it's ever changing. We want to keep it, you know, nice and fresh and vibrant, um, you know, and that actually might change a couple times in the season, actually. Uh, we've changed the menu here probably six times already. Not like a full makeover, but, you know, dishes come and go. Um, for instance, like in, we'll see the chicories for maybe another month. 
you know, and, that, and then now that the weather will start getting a little warmer in California, we'll start seeing like those, those good fall or not fall, the uh, nice spring items coming along. Um, and that's going to happen really quick. Um, like I said, it's already starting to get warm in California. So that's that's where we start seeing some changes now. Um, normally when I think this time of year, you know, it's especially with this little cold that just blew in right now, I'm always thinking of kind of hearty, um, game meats, things like that, you know, re- really just kind of the Christmassy, you know, dishes that you have. Do you guys have anything like any, any really good wintery ragus on the menu right now? Just, I'm curious. We do actually, we're doing a, uh, ricotta cavatelli and we have, we have a nice braised lamb ragu with that. A lot of toasted fennel, some juniper berries in there mm. for like a, a nice, uh, unexpected flavor um, and spice to it. Um, a lot of good fresh mint in that as well. Cool. Cool. Um, okay, so if I haven't eaten here since um, you were open only probably two or three weeks when I dined here, and if anybody else out there hasn't eaten here in a while, what are um, some of the cool, what, what would you say the one must-try new dish is if people haven't been back in a while? Um... We just put on a Ville Milanese, and it's, I mean, Ville Milanese is Ville Milanese, right? But we kind of take it a step further and, and really utilize those really good, fresh uh, chicories that I was talking about, like the Rosalbas and the Costa, Costa, Costa Rosa. It looks really nice it's aesthetically on the plate, but just those flavors, like those bitter green um, flavors that we, we do a little bit of uh, garlic aioli, um, some crispy capers, and a really nice red wine vinaigrette finish it off with the piccata sauce so it's a little traditional you know but like again like really utilizing those fresh seasonal chicories right now and that's it for this week big thanks to mitch snyder i'm so happy i got to sit next to you today and all of our guests paula schmagash this food is delicious as i look over my shoulder i know you can't see that on a podcast but you have to see the spread you have to see the (laughs) smile on her face it is worth it thank you chef mark from Callisto. we are all looking forward to going over to naxos and uh, tasting everything over at red rock that's enough for now. <laughs> it's never enough, though, on social media. <laughs> Tell a friend about Food and Loathing at the usual podcast places. Check Al's musings and postings on the major social media sites. Just search for Food and Loathing and reach out direct email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. And if you haven't done it yet, and why haven't you, download the Neon Feast app and use it to find your next dining destination. Whatever you need, whatever you want, you'll find it on the Neon Feast app or neonfeast.com. And, you know, I'm really psyched because Mitch contributed some um, some things to yeah. the Yeah. I've been adding some How restaurants find recently you? to Neon Feast. Thank you. And um, he's on there. I believe you're the, are you the one that I, I was just doing the list for... Alfresco dining, and I think you're the guy that threw in Dom DeMarco's, which was a great yes. call uh, on that list. So that just he's got close to my it. house as well. Yep. Yeah, it's great. I've, I've done some mixers there, and I have to invite Rich and Gemini oh, to please. my next mixer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al's been to some of them, and I just wanted to like network all the groovy Vegas people. And Dom DeMarco's, their outdoor patio. Is it's just, lovely, right? It's heavenly, oh my heavenly. gosh! And Mitch, where do we find you on social yeah, media? Tell everybody. Uh, well, let's see. Um, if you go to sropr.com. Tom, uh, and you click on Las Vegas, you'll see my Las Vegas Discoveries blog. And uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Mitch Schneider 6513 and other 
social platform. So that's me. I'm exhausted hearing all this. Cool. And I think if <laughs> Jen and I didn't already say it, if you want to know what she's doing, it's all over the social media at Wishbone and Vine. That's me. Then yeah. if you want to see me on TV, my weekly appearances, yes, they are fucking weekly now. Woohoo! Yeah, wake hey. up with the CW. <laughs> They're now taking place every other, no, every, every Friday around yes. 8.30 a.m. So I get to sleep in a little later. It's Friday. I tell you what Nicely to do about done. the weekend. So yes, tune in there. And then on a radio, catch you all all week long on the Neon Feast update on the Vine. 99.7 in Vegas, 98.1 in the high desert, 98.9 in the river, and every Thursday morning around 8.10 a.m. on the club, AM 670, KMZQ. With Samantha Gemini Stevens, Mitch Schneider, Rich Johnson, Chef Paula, who the hell else? I don't know. Who Everybody. It's yeah. our biggest show in a long time. Big show. <laughs> it's good to be back. I am Al Mancini. Stay hungry, people. Stay hungry, people.